You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build confidence, increase your communication skills, and implement practical business strategies. In this episode number 17, I'm starting a new segment where I'm calling This Saturday Speakers, and we're looking at one of my favorite speeches of all time, the Friends, Romans, Countrymen's Countrymen Soliloquy by Shakespeare uh, from Julius Caesar, his play Julius Caesar. Now you might you now you might not know this speech if you didn't do some kind of a literature class where you went over this. Um, it's I love it, and I wish I could have done this. I I actually played um, in one of Shakespeare's plays. I did the Merchant of Venice, and I got to be the bad guy. Oh, what's his name? Oh, I got to be the bad guy. And I had this, like, uh, some great soliloquies I'll probably end up going over, and I'll see if I can actually do them from memory if I saw them memorized. But I love this speech. When I thought of this segment, you know, I want to go over speeches, analyze them, and see what we can learn from great speeches. This is the first thing I thought of. So what I have here is I actually found this amazing recording um, by a man named Damian Lewis on the Guardian Culture YouTube. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and watch it for yourself. But what I was, I'm going to do is I'm going to play this recording and I'm going to stop it and we'll analyze it and we'll see how this goes. Um, I was going to speak it myself, but I found this and it's so much better than anything I could possibly do. So without further ado, let's get started. Friends, Romans, Countrymen, lend me your ears. Now, this is the first thing you notice in the beginning. He he starts off with a triplet, and he starts off with a call to action, a, a, a great way to get your audience hooked. Now, I love this beginning because he says three things, friends, Romans, countrymen. And at first glance, it might seem like the same thing, but the first thing he does, he says, he says friends. And this 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 uh, creates a connection with him and the audience. He says, my friends, right? He's coming to them as a friend. Then he reminds them, when he says Romans, he reminds them of their country, that they are citizens of this great place. And it calls to mind their heritage, uh, their sense of patriotism. And then he reestablished that with countrymen, further honing in that point that we are in this together we're all on the same side and um and also you'll see in the speech especially with the speech reminding them constantly of their country of rome um because of the setting now this happens right after Caesar is murdered right after the the whole, this is sort of the end of the play, Caesar's murdered, and then this is the speech um, afterward by Mark Antony. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. Now, I want you to remember this line, so let it be with Caesar. What he's doing here is he's setting up the sentence, and then he's he's getting you to agree with them. Okay, okay, okay. He says, so let it be with Caesar. 
He's trying to influence the audience here to change their state of mind. That's his goal here. And the rhetoric is absolutely fan fantastic. The noble Brutus hath told you Caesar was ambitious. Note the word ambitious. Keep it in mind. If it were so, it was a grievous fault. And grievously hath Caesar answered it. Here, under leave of Brutus and the rest, for Brutus is an honorable man. Keep that in mind, for Brutus is an honorable man. And the tone in which this actor delivers it is perfect. Keep in mind, for Brutus is an honorable man, right? So are they all, all honorable men. Come I to speak in Caesar's funeral. He was my friend. Faithful and just to me. But Brutus says he was ambitious. And Brutus is an honorable man. Look at, even just, just in the next uh, sentence even, or the next two sentences, he set up the words ambitious and the words honorable. And now he's using them to hone in his point, as you'll see. He hath brought many captives home to Rome, whose ransoms did the general coffers fill. Did this in Caesar seem ambitious? Now again, he's setting up his argument. He's setting up and setting up his argument, throwing in jabs, throwing in jabs where he's refuting, right, their position. But he hasn't thrown his right hook yet. When that the poor have cried, Caesar hath wept. Ambition should be made of sterner stuff. Yet Brutus says he was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man. Now, see what he did. He set up, Brutus is an honorable man, right? That's what everyone thought. And then he's leading them down the path. He's leading them down the path from one piece of logic to the next, to the next, to the next. Leading them to his argument. And what he just did here is he completely destroyed Brutus's credibility. He said, Brutus says this and he's an honorable man, right? Well, Caesar acted in this way. Does that seem ambitious? Caesar did this. Does that seem ambitious? Brutus says he's ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man, which is completely, in just a few sentences, the speech is not that long, in just a few sentences, he destroys Brutus's sense of honor, right? That position, that view that Brutus is an honorable man. You all did see that on the Lupico, I thrice presented him a kingly crown, which he did thrice refuse. Was this ambition? Yet Brutus says he was ambitious, and sure, he is an honorable man. He's driving the point home. He's re repeating, because it's not easy to change somebody's mind. It's not easy to influence someone in action. And what he's doing here is he picked his point, and he said, I, my goal with this is to is refute that Brutus is not an honorable man, is to refute, is to refute his position and, your, and the audience's position as well. And so what he did is he set that up with point after point after point after point, driving in the nail to prove that there's no way that you could stand on this viewpoint. There's no way you can believe this, that you know what Brutus says is true, that what he did was right. It's just, it's just fantastic. Let's, let's keep on listening. I speak not 
to disprove what Brutus spoke, but here I am to speak what I do know. And here he here he sets it up. So he's driving in the point, driving in the point, driving in the point. Now, if you're listening to this and someone is refuting your point of view, you would start to get bad, right? So what he does is he lets a little bit of steam off. He says, look, I'm not here to disprove. I'm not here to say that he's a liar. I'm just here saying what I see and what I know. My point isn't to call someone a liar, just stating my point of view. Of course... This isn't going to completely let out all the steam and everyone go, oh, okay, it's just your point of view. But it does, it just lets off a little bit off. So to release just some of the tension, some of the anger that the audience is now directing at him. You all did love him once. Not without cause. What cause withholds you then to mourn for him? O oh, judgment, thou art fled to brutish beasts, and men have lost their reason. Bear with me. My heart is in the coffin there with Caesar. And I must pause till it come back to me. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And just a delivery. And that's why I'm saying, like, you might have said, like, why don't you just say this yourself? I hope you could see the difference between this real actor's <laughs> delivery and mine. He ends with a strong sense of emotion. Extra unbelievable strong sense of emotion. He ends with it. He wants to convey his grief to the people. It's just, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love this. I love, I love everything about this speech. And my main thing that we can take away from this is pick your point, pick your goal very precisely. You should have a very precise goal of your speech and everything that you speak should be driving home that point, leading your audience to the conclusion that they need to change, leading them to the influence that you want to have on them. Also, remember to start strong. Create a personal connection with the audience. And um, obviously, Shakespeare does this marvelously in the first line. This is only a two-minute speech. Um, it's like maybe, what, 40 lines um, in, the in the proper Shakespeare? I believe this is... I don't know if this is the proper Shakespeare or not. Um, but it's, it's, it's not a long speech. Yet it conveys so much. And also to use emotion... To end his speech, it's a great strategy, especially when you're dealing with a hostile crowd like Shakespeare is through Mark Antony in this speech. Um, it, it you end with emotion so strong that the people protesting you or maybe anger, maybe divisive against you, it's it's hard to fight against you because it seems so raw and authentic and emotive. And the way he conveys his speech is saying. I'm not here to disprove, I'm not here to argue, I'm just here to state my point of view, and I'm here to mourn my friend. And you all should too. That's, that's what the message, that's what he's trying to say here. I hope you learned a lot in this episode of the Communicate with Confidence podcast. If you liked this segment, let me know. And if you have suggestions for me on what speeches I should look at next, Send me an email, luke at lukedmaxwell.com. You can also call in directly to this show on the Anchor app. 
at uh, anchor.fm slash Luke Maxwell. So my pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow. And remember to always look on the positive side of things.